0: Women who rock Women rock Women who rock Women rock Women who rock Women who rock
1: Women,
0: rock. women who rock
1: Women who rock this is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting female musicians and artists. Today, I'm joined by Reese Lucia. She is a singer-songwriter from Sydney who spans quite a lot of genres. Reese, thank you so much for joining me on Women Who Rock.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Frankie Magazine is pretty rad. Yeah. I saw that your song, uh, Paint You While You're Still, was a finalist yeah. in the, I think it was called the Good Stuff Awards. That's it. And I saw the little blurb on the Frankie website about the song. Can you tell us about the genesis of that song, how that sort of came to be?
2: Oh. Okay. So, Paint You While You're Still was created over kind of a long period of time. Okay. And this is how I wrote a lot of the songs on that EP, um, because I've always use songwriting just as an outlet it's been kind of an involuntary thing um whenever I just had too many feelings I had to get them out (laughs) so I was writing that uh I think when I I started when I was maybe 18 or 19 in in Turkey Uh, I was doing some backpacking through uh through Europe as you do Ended up with no money, so went east and more east and yeah, ended up in a beautiful farmhouse in Turkey, um, working on the farm and my boyfriend at the time played guitar and so of course I had to be better than him so okay. I taught myself guitar and so while I was teaching myself that was one of the songs that I came up with as as an exercise for um, finger picking and um, it just it really stuck with me and it was quite an, an emotional thing and then when I came back years later I finished the song I, I put the vocals to it and, and the um, and the lyrics were all really different by that time because my life was in a totally different place mm. um, and so what started as a journey really far away from home ended up as a song from home and thinking about how my life was in that place and, and in that place of happiness and what was going on then, yeah.
1: So when you go back and listen to it or when you play mm. the guitar parts, mm. d- do you have kind of a different relationship with it now because you were kind of maybe in a different headspace when you like recorded it for the EP compared to when you were first writing it in on like a Turkish farm?
2: Yeah, completely, yeah. I definitely think more about the actual, the lyrics of it of it now, um, which was, was kind of about like my, just, it was like a really precise snapshot in time as if everything was frozen and I just had that warm feeling of contentedness when I was writing it uh, about um, being in love and also about my family and, and my sister was overseas and I missed her and And my brother had given me this amazing piece of wisdom when I was six years old. Okay. <laughs> we'll flash back there. Uh, so we were living on another farm actually when I was really little in Coffs Harbour and I used to be really scared of um, storms and my brother used to say, oh no, don't worry about it, the, the trees are just dancing, that's all that's going on and that just gave me such comfort that this, when I w- was writing this song a million years later, that same sense of comfort just surrounded me and there's actually the line in the song, um, I remember dancing like trees in a storm. Wow. Um, so it's it's kind of a just a piece of gratitude to my family, to to being in love, to home, to those sorts of things, Um, which, yeah, is really different to the place it started in in Turkey, which was an incredible place.
1: It's almost like you're writing a song with yourself at different ages and you kind of each one is contributing a little bit.
2: Totally, yeah. That's exactly what songwriting is to me. It's just a complete moment of... Uh, kind of unconditional honesty with myself in that moment, and that's that's entirely what what music is about to me.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that you're talking about kind of. Yeah, f- zoning in on that moment because it came from your EP, the debut mm-hmm. EP, Incongruence. When I heard that title, I have to admit, I thought of Triangles because I'm a nerd. Oh, cool. But I saw that you point in the blur <laughs> that it was about – yeah, yeah, we've established <laughs> that I'm a nerd. Um, you wrote that it was inspired by the small moments in life. Yeah. And I was going to ask, was there a particular moment – where that inspired the particular title or is it a collection of doing the songwriting and those channeling a moment in time?
2: Yeah, kind of the later one. It's... um. So the idea of incongruence is... It's actually a a phrase coined by Carl Rogers, a uh, humanistic psychologist, and his view was sort of built around well built upon the theories of um another psychologist called abraham maslow who had the hierarchy of needs and his whole premise of his theory was that we have different levels of needs starting with like physiological needs like shelter Mm. um and food and then there's safety needs like you need to know your life isn't in danger so you've got to safe house or whatever and then you know love and emotion and all the others and at the top it's self-actualization which is basically uh he his theory was that our all humans have the same drive to reach our full potential and carl rogers jumped on that bandwagon and said yeah but also we need other things we need our what was his premise? His premise was that uh, we need our environment to also fulfill us and provide us with genuineness and openness and acceptance and things like that to, to actually reach that. And when we don't, we uh, experience incongruence, which is a discrepancy between our ideal self and our actual self. So it's something that once you notice it and you look around it's all over the place it's it's a huge thing in social media these days where people have one um identity on their feed but their real life is totally different Mm. and and that just causes so much psychological uh tension and and uh friction i suppose um and i think a lot of that happens when you've got to keep face and in my background of my family so my um, mom's side is Italian, and also in just a lot of families and a lot of society, people prefer to keep face rather than um, to face difficult things and to talk about things, um, and so a lot of incongruence comes from that. And so that's a theme that I've just experienced a lot. And
1: okay, that's really interesting. We went to very different places when we thought about <laughs> that title. Yeah.
2: I mean, it can I, be about triangles. I like triangles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when you were talking about the theory, sorry, who was the philosopher of that.
2: Carl Rogers, psychologist.
1: You mentioned the idea of you need your. something like your environment to be hmm. nurturing of that. Do you mean. Yeah. does that mean society at large?
2: So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if if I. Completely agree with all of Rogers' theory, um, but he sort of said there were three levels. Which now you're testing me. I can't remember them all. But you know what? You can you can Google it, people at home. Okay. Yeah. Because I can't remember what those three things are. But
1: maybe we'll put a link.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. put a link to some have details. I mean, it's not the most perfect theory, but it, it's something that's quite thought provoking um, when you have a look at how how societies and how people interact.
1: Mm. Great. <laughs> oh, man, I got schooled on philosophy. This is awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I study psychology and I think a lot of that comes through in my songwriting. Um, it's just something I'm fascinated by.
1: Mm. I saw that you posted a video and you played a lot of shows with a very recent guest of the show, Indira. Mm. How long have you been playing, making music and just jamming with her?
2: Yeah, Indira. She's one of my uh, greatest friends. Um, She's such a beautiful person. And, yeah, we've been... So we met in uni three years ago. Okay. Only, somehow. Um, And, yeah, we just started jamming together um, because I think we bonded over... So we were in a performance class where you um, every week would have to play a few songs to the rest of the class and then everybody basically critiques you to your face straight away. And it was just this amazing exercise of self-awareness and um, humbly um, receiving mm. feedback. Uh, it was Nothing great. like
1: an honest critique.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always comfortable. <laughs> Lovely. Um, but yeah, and so we bonded in that class over our vocal prep strategies, which is um, honey and ginger tea. I live by it.
1: Is that a classic?
2: Well, it seems to be. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I go a little step further and boil the actual ginger and then let it sit for like overnight and then it's just like lava, burns your throat. But it's great. does the trick.
1: Oh, Okay. <laughs> Right, yeah, so she, <laughs> I'm she, not a singer, so I'm not a privy to these kind yeah. of details, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so she uh she said she does the same thing, and I, I suppose since then we've just been jamming, and um, yeah, we've jumped on each other's projects, we've written together a couple of times for a, another project, and yeah, it's just such a such an awesome friendship.
1: It's always rad to see women who rock guests working together. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I think you've had Lady Lion on the show Mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Haley supported me for my very first show at the Golden Age for the EP launch. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's just another incredible woman, so Mm. that's cool too.
1: I think that when I went to the the Bonnie songs Mm. where Indira played at, I think there were maybe six people who'd been guests on the show. (laughs) <laughs> yes. It's cool. It is. It's an awesome show. <laughs> like creating a community. <laughs> oh, wow. about working with people, so mm. on the EP, I wanted to talk about you were working with uh, Mark Myers mm. from the Middle East. Yeah. Tell me about how it was working with him.
2: Uh, it was surprisingly incredible. Not that I expected it to be, you know, terrible, but um, on his website, he had... Uh, kind of like a package thing of we could, you know, do the recording and he could also um, arrange accommodation and things like that because he's up in Cairns. And so I I hit him up about that. I was like, well, can I just, what's the accommodation deal? And he said, oh, well, actually the website's a bit old. I'm married now. I have kids, but I guess you can stay with us.
0: Oh,
2: And I was like, great. See you there. And so I ended up just staying with him and his wife and their two kids in their home in Cairns. And it was just such a wholesome week. We smashed out all all five songs in, I think, five days. And, yeah, I had home-cooked meals together. And just, it was really lovely. Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It seems like the opposite of a very kind of you know, commercial studio where yeah. you know, we're here from 8 until 5.30, not 5.40 and everything's on a timeline yeah, That's it. and everyone's extremely stressed. Oh,
2: it was <laughs> so the opposite of that. We cruised into town every morning. We got a coffee because we're both coffee fiends. We They actually lived a little bit outside of Cairns as well. And okay. I didn't know that area too well, but it was just the most beautiful mountains and it was so green and lush and I love, I love the north. I love the hot weather. I mean, my dad's from Townsville, so it felt... Uh, quite cyclical and awesome to really go up there after all this time. Um, sorry, context for that is before I, I went to Europe, I, I moved to Townsville uh, for six months, um, and that's where I started teaching myself guitar. So to be up in the north again, recording the EP mm. was like all those years later was beautiful. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I think we should hear some.
2: Okay, let's. Do We're that. Gonna,
1: let's take a track from uh, your EP, Incongruence. I, the one that really leapt out at me was a track called Owls Losing His Mind. I think we might have a listen to that, and then we'll come back and have a bit more of a chat about the EP. So this is a track called Owls Losing His Mind.
0: do you think i asked too much of you maybe i did maybe i do that doesn't change that now you are strange just to be one of the others maybe i'm lonely but that's not the only point he be on the move and I know it's lonely but now it's the only way I know how to be So that's true. Then again, I don't think so much of my own self, anyways.
1: was Al's Losing His Mind by Reese Lachia and that is, as I said, when I listened to the EP, that was one that really jumped out at me. When In listening to it, there is it really spans a lot of genres. Mm. That was sort of more, I guess, a dark, kind of folky Mm. song but we also, there are some real kind of moments of pop sensibilities throughout it as well. Mm. Do you really draw on, do you have like a really eclectic Styles of music that you like to listen to that was sort of informing that EP?
2: Yeah, I suppose because I wrote, I, I started writing so many of the songs so many years before I ended up recording it. Mm. Over that time, just because of sheer time passing. Um, Yeah, there were so many influences that ended up in the EP. Um, I don't think I write so directly from influences, though. Like I said, my songwriting process is just like a really cathartic thing for me. So I guess if I'm uh, listening to a lot of folk at that time and then something happens in my life that prompts me to create a song just like that, of course those things are going to... um, kind of melt in into the, the final product but mm. I, I don't so clearly say oh this came from my collection of folk or this or that yeah
1: Okay. so it's sort of like a history book looking back at yeah. how you're how you kind of dipped into the different genres at different times totally and you're not sitting down thinking that okay I want this EP to have a lot of different sounds this is the pop song this is the folk song or whatever it's more just like an organic kind of process
2: yeah completely I think also um I've <sighs> Uh, Secret time. I've kind of had a lot of problems with genres. I'm really bad at labelling genres. Um, Don't tell anyone. Secret. Um, Yeah, I can never just get my head around the clear-cut different kinds of genres and all different like extremes of music, which I've always thought was a little bit of a hindrance. But I've recently decided that I actually really like that because it it means I... um, just create whatever's coming out of me without putting much of a filter on it or much of an expectation or or a bias uh, to fit it into a particular pigeonhole?
1: Sure. And I think that pigeonholes, I guess, were they originally, the idea was you go to a record store and you think, I want this type of music, so I'm going to go to this part of the store. And they had to kind of pigeonhole it like that. Mm. We don't have to. Just go on Spotify and everything is there. (laughs) (laughs) And it has an algorithm that knows what you like. So we don't need genres anymore. (laughs)
2: Great. I'm done with them.
1: Yeah. It'd be a lot easier to try and uh, describe music. (laughs) We just say that we like it rather than trying to put it in a particular place.
2: Yeah. Great. That's super 2019. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was looking through your Instagram. There is a strong nature theme. Oh. It seems like you have a lot of photos of nature. Yeah. Do you draw on that in songwriting as well?
2: Um, yeah, I think so, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you picked that up from my Instagram feed, actually. I feel like a lot these days it's just my face, <laughs> which is really <laughs> narcissistic. Uh, but yeah, totally. And I, your white guitar. And my white guitar. Oh, man. Oh, I love that guitar. Yeah, it's really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely draw a lot on nature and I think so much of my songwriting has come out of uh, my travel and my so much of my travel has come out of wonderful escapism so it's kind of this cycle of you know whenever i'm going through something i'm like time to travel the world and when i'm traveling i'm writing so it's all this integrated kind of emotional healing process or Mm. not always healing you know it could be a reverie instead of escapism it could just be a wonderful high of of feelings um but it's always pretty emotionally charged Mm. um and i find nature is just a really um recharging kind of environment
1: we had Incongruence that were, the EP was released last year, mm. but I think that, I mean, you're working towards a single for this year yeah. and is there, so can you tell us about, I guess, the activities for the end of the year and also is there an album on the way or will it be another EP?
2: Yeah. So we've got, I've got another single coming up in a couple months mm-hmm. and then an album next year which will be super exciting. Uh, probably an, a second single as well to come before that. Okay. Um, so a couple exciting things on the way. So yeah. with
1: with the EP, there was – we've spoken about how it's kind of a long, slow burn and progression. Mm. If the album is going to be a, over a tighter period of time, mm. do you think that there's going to be less – variation in genre if we still need that word or not or do you think it will be perhaps similar to incongruence
2: i think it will be similar okay and i think that's because so my friends say it's because i'm a gemini but i'm very <sighs> uh, uh flippant if you want to say a bad word or you know varied if you want to make it sound exciting but yeah i mean i i go through a lot of different phases in a really short period of time. So I think definitely the next album is looking pretty varied as well. Um, there's there's a few quiet kind of folky tracks in there, um, which have happened at some kind of difficult times for me when I wrote them. And then there's some um, almost dancey tracks as well, um, which is a lot of fun. We've got a sax player on board oh, cool. and he's just a genius and... Yeah, I'm, I'm making it a lot more collaborative this time. Indira, her vocals will be on the album as well. And oh, good. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Collaboration. Yeah, and we're working with uh, Ryan Brennan, who's just an all-round legend. So Ryan is great. Ah, oh, Isn't he?
1: Yeah. the We talk about Ryan quite a lot on this show. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> from Ryan to – so I was going to ask as well, is – I guess you don't know the title yet, but is it go is there going to be <laughs> yes, a f- I do. <laughs> Oh, okay. Is it based on a philosophical concept? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Kinda. So I I actually had this entire album planned out before the last EP was even recorded. Um half the songs of the album were already written and the other half I'm writing now, so that's probably why it's going to be really varied again. Um but yeah, I've got the title um it is based on kind of a, a psychological basis um, because that's that's what I am fascinated by. It's what mm. I obsess over in the world. You know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by people and the way they interact and the way they interact with themselves and then the way they bring that perception of themselves to the world and present themselves um, and then how that works when they try and bring that into relationships with other people who are doing the same thing um, I'm, I'm really inspired by that uh, so the the next album's going to be around that theme as well.
1: Well when you put it out you'll have to come back on and we'll have another discussion about philosophical
2: concepts <laughs> I'd love to. Sounds
1: good, we'll lock <laughs> it in <laughs> It's time for Tell Me a Thing. I have a list of seven topics and I'd like you to talk about one of them. We have musical equipment, recording equipment, punk rock, Patti Smith, poetry, death and politics. Reese, can you please tell me a thing?
2: So I think I might tell you a thing about music equipment. Let's do it. Yeah. So (laughs) I actually brought in a thing. Yeah. Which... Is a visual thing, so it doesn't really work on podcasts. But it's a heap of fun. It's a vocal processor, and we use it a lot on the upcoming album. Um, I've always been super obsessed with um, harmonies, okay, um, and that kind of came from when I was younger. Actually, you know what? This is punk rock melded right in there we can
1: do two for one
2: oh, yeah see it's the gemini thing again it's just it always happens <laughs> yep it's yep.
1: definitely related to astrology so <laughs> yeah very
2: much so that's fact so yeah i mean when i was younger listening to um I went through a total pop-punk phase. Okay. Yeah, super interesting. Green late. Day? Green Day, yeah, Blink-182, mm-hmm. Sum 41. F- Fall Out Boy was the first concert I ever went to. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I was, I was a cool rock chick when I was <laughs> 13. <laughs> but a lot of them, actually almost all of them were... Um, male singers and they sang in a register that was a little bit outside of my comfortable register so Mm -hmm. instead of singing along to all the songs I would always just (laughs) sing a harmony Um, and that was more comfortable in my register but it meant that was how I really got a really strong grasp on um, vocal harmony Uh, and so it's just a, a theme in all of my music and this vocal processor that I've got just really opens the doors to harmonies on harmonies on harmonies so yeah it's amazing and working with ryan on on the upcoming ep we had a lot of fun one day in the studio after being in the studio for um hours and hours and we just went a little bit insane um and we got all of the guitar pedals in the place and just whacked the vocals through that and we had all these
1: oh right uh, yeah okay
2: crazy sounds which is heaps of fun and we Mm. thought we were Geniuses, and we listened back the <laughs> next day and we were like, Okay, we can't use up this, <laughs> but we have kept a lot of it in there in sneaky little places.
1: Okay, I mean, I'm holding this VE20 vocal processor. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell? So it's not a loop pedal. Can it you has tell a me loop function it in
2: it, but that's not the exciting bit.
1: Okay. Yeah. Can you tell me about the exciting bit? Because I don't yeah. really know what I'm holding.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it basically means you can you sing into it. You you kind of hook up a microphone into it, and then you can um, select different uh, kind of processing options. So you can put a third above harmony, or a third and a fifth above, mm. third below fifth above, lots of different things like that. Um, or you can have multiple layers in there, uh, octaves doubled. You can also do reverb, delay, all, all of that jazz. There's like a robot voice, which I was really hoping to do this entire interview as a robot. But oh, that's okay. okay, we can do that next time.
1: Just yeah, to remain always... anonymous. Yeah, exactly. We that's have said your I'm name <laughs> three to four times, so I'm I not sure how anonymous it's going to be at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's um, all right. Okay, so you can do multiple... You can do like up a fifth.
2: Yep. And an octave and a third. and, and But how many,
1: can you, can you layer as many layers as you want? No.
2: So, I mean, as far as vocal processes go, this one's actually pretty almost cheesy. You know, it's, mm. it's pretty easy to use if you know your basic music theory, but... Um, but, I really like it because of its simplistic design. It's just really user friendly, so we use it on stage all the time right. um and it's just really quick and and like swift for in between songs and things like that um, yeah
1: there's a band called royal blood. they're like a two piece the guy <laughs> plays bass and there's a drummer mm. and i It took me about two years until someone told me how they have such a heavy sound, and so the guy I think he plays through like three amps. Oh, wow. But he plays a single note on the bass, and so through one amp he gets that root note, and then some kind of signal processing gives him a fifth through like a different amp oh awesome so that 's yeah, it sounds really huge yeah, the signal have a processing huge sound. is cool
2: it is cool. look, I mean, I <laughs> wish I would love to be more of a nerd with this stuff i I find it really fascinating, but I have a curse with technology okay. i swear, I swear I do. Don't look at me like that, man. (laughs) So it's uh, like every piece of tech I have, it breaks, and I'm sure it's the technology and not me. Mm. That's the issue.
1: It might be related to astrology.
2: (laughs) Probably is. We can't can't rule it out. Yeah, I mean, it's probably all in the stars. Yeah. Just today, actually, I took my laptop, which has been having the USB ports haven't been working, the Bluetooth hasn't been working. Take it into Apple Genius, (laughs) it just works fine. So that's a classic. It is right. Yeah. I don't know how they
1: do it. Technology. Rhys, thanks so much for coming on Women (laughs) Who Work. It's been really fun
2: hanging out. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Matt.
0: I wish my bed was a cradle. Hate to be stuck, hate to be still. And I would drive around for days. Just Women Who Rock
2: un- is proudly produced in the Sydney studios now of 2SER 107.3. Know me, it's the
0: only way I know how to be.